chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. We're speaking about rest. And uh, Penn, Penn talks a lot about rest. Um, every time you're around Penn, if you ever go on a retreat with Penn, uh, it won't take you long before you hear about rest, before you hear about taking a siesta, um, just coming aside and, and refueling. And, uh, and it is good. Rest is something in the area that we... Um, we have, we have struggled to get a grasp of till now. We're getting there. We're getting better. Um, so when you have a, an area like we do where everybody is um, on the opposite end of lazy, and it is, it's a blessing, it's work ethic, it's good, and God can bless you through that. God, and that's the reason we are the way we are in this area is because we have acted in a certain way and God has been able to bless it. But that comes along with um, some things that you also have to watch out for, which is uh, forgetting to rest. And God himself rested after he created, uh, created the earth. And in six days, he rested on the seventh day. Uh, so we'll get right into it. Um, Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to read, I'll be reading in King James, and then I'm going to be jumping over to the New Living Translation also. Hebrews 4, and we're going to be in verses 1 to 13. So, verse 1 says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest... Any of you should seem to, eh, okay, this thing is, anyways, so if any of you should seem to come short of it, for unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, and it's speaking about the children of Israel walking in the wilderness for 40 years, uh, for unto us was the gospel preached, as well it was, as it was unto them, the children of Israel, but the word preached did not profit them, not because it was not mixed with the faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall that they shall not enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So there it was talking about the children of Israel. So they had a rest promised to them coming out of Egypt. Uh, they, they walked around in the wilderness for 40 years. They saw the Lord do miracles constantly, and yet they did not believe, and their trust often wavered and left. It went to other things. You see miracles. You see water gushing out of a rock in the middle of, uh, middle of the desert. You see food coming out of nothing, out of the air. It's just air turns into food, I guess, or however that works, and they did not believe. So now I'm going to jump over to uh, the New Living Translation here. Um, and you can try to follow along. So, 
I'm going to continue in verse 3 there. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, speaking of the children of Israel, in my anger I took an oath, they will never enter, the pla- enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day, speaking of when God created the world. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. Verse six, so God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and here's the good news, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already, it already quoted. It says, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. He mentions Joshua there because Joshua is the one that led them into the promised land. If them just moving into the promised land would have fulfilled their rest, he would not have gave this, uh, this word. He would not have spoken about another day of rest. And we know what that rest is. So let's read on verse nine. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God for all who have entered into God's rest have, and this is good news, man, have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. So, so what was it that kept the Israelites from this rest? It was their unbelief. And that's also the only thing today that will be keeping any of us from his promised rest also. And it's available to us right now. And what's holding us back from it in any way, shape, or form, at any time, the only thing that will hold you back from his rest is unbelief. So verse seven, let's look at that one again. It says, uh, so God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. It goes on to say, that God announced this through David much later. It says, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. So we don't wanna harden our hearts when we hear the word, when we hear the truth, when we hear the truth in God's word, not to harden our hearts as the Israelites did and end up walking in the desert for 40 years. So we need to believe in him. We need to, we need to know the word and then we need to believe the word. We meditate on the word And then we also put our faith and our trust in Jesus, which is the fulfillment of the word. Um, And I think that's why there's no, it's, it's not coincidence that at the end of this little passage from verse one to 13, the last two verses sound like they have nothing to do with that first part. And it's a very well known portion of scripture. Um, And that, in verse 12 and 13, it says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Now, it sounds like it doesn't flow at all from a place of rest. Like we just talked 
11 verses about rest and now we're jumping somewhere. No, it, has, it applies. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one who we are, who, to whom we are accountable. So, that must mean that the word has something to do with our rest. Knowing the word, having our innermost thoughts revealed to us to point us in the right direction. So um, in verse 12, yeah, it says, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And at one point in my life, uh, that little portion may have made me feel very uneasy. Like what? Like, I mean, we knew God... Uh, God knows, he knew all the awful things that I, I thought and desired. But I realize now that this, is some, this isn't something to be afraid of, but this is something to rejoice in. This is a blessing to us. This is a great blessing that the word reveals and exposes the condition we're in to us. It reveals the condition we're in. So if it's not right, we can go a different direction. If we can't go to the word, we can't have our, our innermost, because so many times we think like, oh, if we get in a rut or something, we're like, oh, you just feel lost, you know? And then you go to the word and you have it revealed why you're feeling this way right now, okay? So it's not a thing as in like, I know everything you're doing, now I can punish you. Now I can pronounce my judgment over you. That's not what it's for. It's a blessing to reveal it to you so that you can know in your heart and then you can begin to be transformed. Um, so when we see the condition that we're in, expo it's exposed to us, we can begin to separate the lies from the truth and we can follow the truth, okay? And all the while, while we're in this word and it's exposing us, it's exposing our innermost thoughts it's exposing the condition of our heart in the same time it's transforming you already, okay? So you're getting transformed as you think and meditate on it. Philippians 4.8 says that whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honest, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. So it's not just the word sitting there. If that thing sits like there open all week long and I just leave it there, don't go look at it and meditate on it. It's not gonna change me. That's not gonna change me. When it begins to change me is when I begin to think about it, to meditate on it, to let it in, to, to be like a sponge. When you take it in, it's inside of you. So, and then as we begin to be transformed, we can move into a greater and greater revelation of this rest that's available for us today. Because we're still talking about rest. But really any topic, anything we speak about, any topic, every five, all five topics in this, in this series we're doing it really is just a revealing of, of the gospel. 
So it's all interchangeable. Nothing is, not, nothing is out there that isn't connected back to the mind. It all applies. So, so when we're resting in Jesus, that is that we're resting in the finished work of his promises. And the word tells us that he is the word made flesh. So this, we can know Jesus through this. We can know Jesus through his words. His promises are in there. So when we're resting in that, something that we're all dealing with currently, it's wanting to come against you, especially for parents, like this is me and Cheryl right now, like, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is, like with young kids, it, it wants to, it always wants to stay right there, ready to jump on you. It's ready to pounce. It's looking for any opportunity and that's fear. Fear will take any opportunity to, to, to attack, to come in and to, and to try to steal your joy, steal your rest, steal the promises that God's given to you. So when we're resting in his finished work, fear cannot move us. And when fear cannot move us, that means fear cannot influence us. We can't let fear influence us because, I mean, fear, we're, um, let me say this. I had this on down, but I'm going to say it now. So we don't just ignore or act like things aren't there, like issues that may be wrong in our lives or things that may uh, not be lining up to the truth of God's word. We're not, we don't just go along and ignore those things and disregard them like they're not there. What we don't do is we don't allow those things to have a place of influence inside of us. So it may be right there in front of you, but that doesn't mean that it has any right to form or shape you. There's only one thing that has the right to mold you, and that's the truth of God's word. Jesus himself is the only thing that has a right for you as a believer to mold you. So when you're dealing with things that are contrary to the truth of the promise of the gospel to you in your life, that thing, it might be there, but it has no right to influence you and to mold you and shape you. So what, what does Satan want to do? Satan wants to overload you. He wants to overwhelm you. He wants to keep your head so many, he wants, he wants to keep you in chains. And how does he do that? He does it in our thoughts. So we must guard our thoughts. The only place, the one and only place Satan can get to you is in your mind because he's been defeated, okay? If he can influence your thinking, he can get you to move, to move according to his plans. If he can influence your thinking, he can get you to move where he wants you to move. And you're not gonna be moving where God's, God's got a plan for you. He wants you to fill his will for your life. And we know what his will for your life is. It's death, poverty, and destruction. We all know it. The enemy, the enemy searches 
for those whom he may devour. A lion. He wants to bring death, poverty, and destruction. And the only place he can begin to get, get there is in your mind. So we need to guard our thoughts. The battle is in our minds to choose life. This is in Deuteronomy. I forgot to write the chapter. I believe it's 2. But Deuteronomy 2.19, and that might be wrong. The verse is right, but the chapter number might be wrong. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. And this is in New Living. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So this battle in our minds, we have an option. We can keep dwelling on those things that are in our head that are trying to, trying to destroy us, overwhelm us, overpower us. And uh, Satan's a bully. He'll, he'll take every inch you give him. He'll take every inch you give him, but... When Jesus is inside you, you have Jesus' authority. Does Jesus have authority over Satan? Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. So, so choose life. Think about what you're thinking about. Think about the things that are going into your, into your mind and here's the key. If it doesn't line up with Philippians 4, verse 8, whatsoever is true, honest, just, pure, virtuous, of good report, lovely, of good report, if there's any virtue, if, there's, uh, if it's worthy to be praised, if it's not that and you're thinking about it, it's probably taking you down the wrong road. And you stay on that wrong road long enough, you'll get to places you don't want to be. So living a life of rest, uh, these are just four things I wrote down, requires these four things. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's a pretty good one. <laughs> Focus is number one. Vision is number two. Self-control is number three. And a positioning or a Positioning of yourself is number four. So living a life of rest. It requires focus because if we don't guard our thoughts, things will creep in and try to pull us away. So you need to have... Jesus is so often referred to as a lighthouse, not so much many more, anymore these days guess you don't hear it too often, but a lighthouse. When a ship is out in a stormy sea, it's looking for a lighthouse, okay? If it takes it, if it's, if you're out here and you're looking all over the other places, like where do you think you're gonna end up? Keep your focus on a point of safety, and that's Jesus. So the second thing, it requires vision. And this is a good one, because there's more to be found and there are things that the Lord wants for you especially. So you need to keep your vision open. You need to keep the word flowing in and flowing out. 
the Lord wants to reveal these things to you um, through directly speaking to you and also through his word. Third thing, it requires self-control because we cannot be living, be living by and sowing into our fleshly desires and expect to reap a harvest of spiritual rest. So it requires a self-control. We can't keep sowing these seeds. And Danny, the message a couple weeks ago was life-changing and so good. Go listen to it if you haven't. But we can't, and it's totally natural, and we all know it works. And he described it also. Like you hear people talk about karma. What it really is is just trying to describe a, a law that God put in place in the beginning. You can't keep sowing stuff and expecting anything besides stuff that looks like that to come out. So if you're sick of things that you're seeing coming out of you, maybe you need to go to the front end and check and see what's going in the soil. So it requires self-control because we cannot, we cannot be living by and sowing into fleshly desires and expect to reap a harvest of spiritual rest. And rest is what we, I mean, think about rest. Rest is what we crave. We just crave for something just to, just to sit back, just to, just, to, just to be finished and just to enjoy. When we're resting, we can enjoy. We can enjoy Jesus. We can enjoy life and the life that he's put inside of us when we rest. Fourth one, it, requir it requires positioning. Because when we give God even one, he's moved. When we even turn our eyes to him just a little bit, he's there and he's ready. He's more desirous to fill us with himself than we are desirous to have him fill us. You could, you could want more of him than anybody else in the earth. And he still wants to fill, fill you with himself more than that. So when we, can, when we find this rest, the rest that is available for us today, today is the day of rest. When Jesus, uh, the moment that Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, our true and endless rest began. When he sat down at the right hand, our, our true and endless rest began. So this, uh, I guess, just a, just a testimony. It, it, the week was amazing. Um, I actually, I got to pray with somebody to receive the Holy Spirit, to get baptized in the Holy Spirit this week. And, and it was amazing. The thing is that next day I felt it. Satan must not have enjoyed that too well. Because <laughs> there were a few things I wanted to come in. And uh, we, 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 we know because... We deal with it often, as humans, irrational fears, things that don't even make sense, and why do we even fear them? You know, like, there's, there's not even a logical explanation for why something like that should happen. So what is that? That's an enemy that's wanting to, that he's wanting to steal space in your mind, because if he can steal enough of the space in your mind, there's not much room for anything else. 
So we were, that next day, I was dealing with some stuff that, I mean, fear, panic wanted to come up. And it took an intentionality to come against these things. Because we also have a responsibility when those things want to begin coming in. We have a responsibility to take a stand. We don't just believe it and then not do anything. Faith without works is dead. So we know the truth, but you also have to act on the truth. And you have to say to those things, that's not true. That's not, I'm not given this any place of influence in my, my mind. And then you replace it with the truth. You replace it with the truth and you'll begin to see a lot more victory in your life. See a lot more life happen. Um, people, Christians, uh, some Christians walk around all through, throughout life pretty miserable. And there's mainly only one reason for it is um, the truth hasn't been planted, hasn't been watered, hasn't grown because they've planted politics, they've planted fear, they've planted conspiracy, they've planted uh, worry, doubt, shame. They've planted all those things, dwell on them, which they get watered, grows up into something that starts bearing fruit, and that fruit is poison. People start picking that fruit, and they start eating poison. That's why some people are unpleasant. Their tree is full of poisonous fruit, and we begin to eat it. So, guard our hearts, guard our thoughts. God has provided the rest for us. The rest is there. It's for us to have. And the thing that will keep you from it is unbelief. Unbelief. And we cannot believe unless we hear. We cannot hear unless it's preached. If, it's not, if nobody's sent, it's not going to get preached. And we cannot hear if we never look. Um, so... Um, while we stand up, we're going we're gonna to leave it open a little bit here for some ministry time. I've asked three people to come up. Um, I want to I wanna leave it open for anybody that this week has specifically, this week or in the past, or something you deal with is irrational fears things there's no reason to be, to be worried about or worries or, con or concerns, even a concern for the future because the Lord said that Jesus took away the enemy's power that he holds over you, which is the fear of death. And when we look at fear, the real thing that it's, it is, it's just a fear of death. I mean, a lot of times you ask me something, I'm like, the worst that can happen is I could die. And then it's, then it's just over, then it's okay, you know? <laughs> so like, I mean, we're not afraid to die. When you look at the root cause of fear, it's that you're afraid to die. You're afraid death will come through it. And there is different levels of death. Different levels of death will come through it with fear. 
But so if you guys want to come up, I don't know if you want to, you could put on a song or JB could come up or however. Um, the Lord wants to release you. The Lord has released you.